Welcome, everybody, yet another brand episode of the Wrestling Rose of the World podcast. Hopefully, you're all enjoying your day. If not, well, I can't guarantee this episode might be because of a bit of a downer in terms of subject. That is Chris Jericho's abrupt downfall during 2002, because you look at how he was was positioned in the beginning of the year, you see how he pretty much, he didn't fall down the ladder, he pretty much rolled down a hill at that point to a different spot. So that's what's going to be the discussion for today's episode. But to give a quick minor backstory, he closed out the year of 2001, becoming the first ever undisputed champion. When he defeated Chris Jer- when he defeated Stone Cold on the Rock, and the very same night of vengeance to unify the WWF and World Championships, formerly known as the WCW Championship, to be the undisputed champion to close off the year, as a way to try to get rid of any resemblance of anything from the whole invasion storyline. Now that that thing was finally wrapped up, so going into 2002, his first pay-per-view match would be against The Rock for his undisputed championship. And of course, Chris Jericho would get the victory after getting a roll-up on The Rock with using the ropes as leverage. I still prefer the matches of Vengeance and No Mercy a bit more, but this was also another great match, even with the iffy chicken-shit-heel finish. Next opponent, the very same other man that he defeated at Vengeance to become the the Undisputed Champion, Stone Cold Steve Austin. But of course, that night was being overshadowed with the debut of the NWO within WWE, Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash... Those men would get involved and cost Stone Cold Steve Austin the championship match as Chris Jericho would end up retaining against them. Then we get to the point where everything falls down the freaking proverbial hill there for Chris Jericho as he moved on to the feud with Triple H. The very same man who returned to the company a couple months prior from his 8 month absence from a torn quad from the May 21st 2001 edition of Raw members of the correct dates. And Jericho, during this whole build, was bringing up the fact that he's the one that takes credit for causing Triple H's injury, taking eight months out of his career, so on and so forth. But the big problem that we saw with this was this was the main event of WrestleMania, and the majority of the build was pretty much more on Triple H and his soon-to-be ex-wife Stephanie compared to Triple H and Chris Jericho. It got to the point where Jericho was in charge of watching their dog while they were fighting. You have the undisputed champion, the top champion in your company, who and he's being relegated to watching the dog of his upcoming WrestleMania opponent and his soon-to-be ex-wife, who he's aligned with during all this. Like, the only other segment I can even recall during this build? It was either on a Raw or SmackDown around late February, early March, where Jericho was talking about Stephanie lying about being pregnant and everything and saying that if Triple H was man enough, she wouldn't have had to lie and he could get her pregnant on her own. On his own. Stephanie's like, oh, I don't know about that, Jericho, because when it comes to the bedroom, the game always came up a little bit short. But then Triple H focusing more on Stephanie by revealing that, saying that maybe it wasn't the game that was so short. Maybe the field I was playing on was just too damn big. She's like, I don't know what you mean by that. He's like, oh, I'll tell you what I mean. Even a 747 looks small when it's flying into the Grand Canyon. Then, of course, Triple H afterwards, he's like wanting to challenge Jericho to a match, saying, don't have to put the titles on the line. It'll be just you, me, and the Great Wide Open over here. 
So even with that build, there's two more, there's more focus on Triple H taking shots at his ex-wife than there is focus between the champion and the challenger going into WrestleMania. And this match didn't even have that big of a feel compared to Hogan Rock, and yet it's still main evented. And Triple H would end up getting the victory, despite being outnumbered and having a bad wheel of sorts, because his leg was getting targeted throughout the match. But of course, Triple H wins, hashtag Triple H wins LOL. So that ended up being Chris Jericho's last run as world champion, I think, till 2008, I believe. Yeah. Shortly after this, Jericho would then be drafted over to the SmackDown brand due to the draft happening shortly after WrestleMania. But then one big mistake they also made as well was that the next pay-per-view, Backlash, Jericho didn't even have a match. He just came out and cut a promo because, honestly, during this period... Jericho didn't really have much of a program. He was just bouncing around trying to have matches with top guys like Hogan and everything and still coming out on the short end of everything. So you have a guy that just made a to WrestleMania and then the next pay-per-view, he doesn't have a match. Like, how often does that happen? Where somebody goes from main event to WrestleMania and then they don't have a match the next pay-per-view. Very peculiar. But then the feud with Triple H would finally conclude at Judgment Day... And Hell in a Cell match where, once again, Triple H wins. Because they had to kind of briefly respark that. Triple H got the pedigree on the top of the Hell in a Cell, got the pin. And that was it for Jericho's main event run. Because after this, things really tumbled. Because this was the second pay-per-view match in a row where Jericho was losing. In fact, during this, he had a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 consecutive pay-per-view losing streak here. Especially coming up next. So he qualified for the King of the Ring tournament and made it into the semifinals, which was the opener of the King of the Ring period, but he lost to Rob Van Dam. Oh, great. After this, he then, on SmackDown, Jericho was starting to have a, keep going with a bit of a feud with Edge, involving a torn shoulder injury and a steel cage match stuff going on. How And it was supposed to have an vengeance, as I mentioned, I believe I mentioned that during the three-part series for... Uh, WWE matches that didn't happen due to the phrase card subject to change. But instead, after Edge won the tag team titles with Hulk Hogan against Billy and Chuck, Jericho instead moved on to a few brief feud with John Cena, who beat Jericho at Vengeance. And I know people say, oh, it's Jericho's idea. Look at it from a booking perspective for a moment and realize that Jericho lost to a newcomer in the newcomer's pay-per-view debut. Ew, not pretty. After this, Jericho would then jump back ship back over to Raw despite the draft, saying he refused to work with Stephanie McMahon, who became the general manager of SmackDown around that time. So, of course, he didn't want to realign with the same woman who was in his corner at WrestleMania that didn't really help him win. After this, Jericho would move on to a feud with Ric Flair, who he would lose to at SummerSlam. Despite not having his leg worked on at all, he still got locked in the figure four and lost. Fifth peer review in a row... That Jericho had a match in, of sorts, well, not including backlash, but fifth time he's had a pay-per-view match, and all five of those since WrestleMania, he's lost. I mean, his luck would kind of turn around a little bit, as on the September 16, 2002 edition of Raw, he would win the Intercontinental Championship from Rob Van Dam, and would retain it at Unforgiven against Ric Flair. But then on the September 30, 2002 episode of Raw, two weeks after winning the title, he drops it to Kane. As not too long after this, the championship would soon be retired. So you can already see right there, main event WrestleMania, and then a handful months later, he's done an Intercontinental Champion. 
Then a couple weeks after losing their Continental Championship, he would start form, teaming up with Christian and would become the tag team champions with him by defeating Kane and Hurricane, a.k.a. Hurricane, on the October 14, 2002 edition of Raw, and would end up retaining the tag team titles later on at No Mercy against Booker T and Chris Jericho, or Goldust, sorry. Most notably, you remember this match because it was the opener of the pay-per-view, and the middle rope broke as Jericho tried springboarding off the middle rope, and it just completely snapped, and he entered, it provides a finish with doing a top row moonsault to retain the championships. During this time, also, the tag team titles would actually get a new look, so while Jericho was tag team champions with Christian, the belt went from the old-school WWF tag team championships we had seen up to that point to the world tag team championships. I guess it was also kind of around because they were trying to give them a different look, as also SmackDown got their own version of tag team titles. Jericho would then become one of the six men of the Elimination Chamber match at Survivor Series 2002 for the World Heavyweight Championship against champion Triple H, as well as fellow challengers Booker T, Kane, Rob Van Dam, and Chris Jericho, or sorry, Shawn Michaels. Jericho would be the second last man eliminated when he had the walls of Jericho on Triple H, but ate sweet chin music to get them eliminated. And also during this time, Jericho experimented a little bit with a the new theme song, King of the World by Saliva, because that would also fit with his nickname where he says he was the king of the world. And yeah, you can probably picture the champagne constantly going in his mouth. But this wouldn't last all that long, and then even the same thing with the tag title run, it would finally conclude at Armageddon in a fatal four-way tag team elimination match where the winners would turn out to be Booker T and Christian Goldust, I don't know why I put Christian on there in the notes, to end their tag team title run. So as you see, this run, <laughs> like I said, it shows you how far he fell compared to the beginning of the year. He's, the first two pay-per-views, Matches, he's having big-time matches against the two men he defeated at Vengeance to become Undisputed Champion. But then, one once WrestleMania happened and the build started more focused on Triple H and his soon-to-be-ex-wife, it was downhill from there with booking. Because, again, he lost the title, no match the next pay-per-view, lost to Triple H Hell in a Cell, lost the opener at King of the Ring, the semifinals to Rob Van Dam, lost the newcomer John Cena, came back over Raw, lost to Rick, Intercontinental Champion, and we know how that graphic turned out for... Unforgiving because it was just a cutout there for the match graphic. Then losing the title, tag team with Christian, fails to win its Survivor Series, and then loses the tag team title later on against Booker T and Goldust. So, uh, I mean, you kind of have to look back and kind of feel sorry for Jericho because it's like 2001 was starting to be a build up year because he was getting out of the mid card and finally getting to the main event scene as the year went on. Because, like, you look at that year, he started as Intercontinental Champion, he had the feud with William Regal, Invasion storyline was going on, became WCW Champion a few times, turned heel, Undisputed Champion, and then by the time WrestleMania hit for 2002, just back down the card you went. I mean, that was a pretty sharp decline. I mean, I know not everybody can be main event forever, but that was quite the decline that you just saw, like, out of nowhere. I mean, it's... The way, best way I can describe it, at least visually, imagine that game that you see from Price is Right with that mountain man where, like, you guess the price of something, and every dollar you're off, he goes up one step, and you're do-do-do-do-do, and then next thing you know, he just completely falls off the cliff if you go too far. Like, wee I mean, thankfully, Jericho had a certain horizontal landing at the end of the mountain, so he didn't completely fall off and hit the ground and die, but he hit a certain point where it was just like, okay, you're here, but now you're back down. So anyway, let me know what you all thought about Jericho's run in 2002. I discussed this in a video on the old channel, but it's like, that's gone, so why not try a new discussion again? So hopefully if you all enjoyed, please remember to leave a like if 
the platform you're listening on allows that. Follow or subscribe for, for, for more episodes of the podcast. Let me know what you all thought in the comments if the service that we're on actually listens to that. And uh, I guess I'll catch you all in the next one. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.